Welcome to Knowledge for Caregivers. My name is Kathy, the host of this podcast. Since I have been a geriatric nurse for almost 10 years, helping seniors age in place, I'm going to give you the knowledge that I used to help my own family so you can help your family. Welcome back to this episode. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. I'm going to talk today about blood clots and why it's important to know about them. This adventure on learning about blood clots started for me last month. I get a call from my husband. He goes, my right leg is really sore and it's swelling. Now my husband doesn't have any kind of heart problems or take any water pills. I should have come home right away but I had that one client that I needed to do a home visit on. And for some reason, she doesn't like to have people come visit her. And I'd finally gotten her to agree to let me come. And so I was like, just let me go do this one visit and then I will come home. What I should have done was I should have come home right away because I suspected a blood clot. Those can be dangerous and we should have gone straight to the emergency room. But when I did come home and I saw a swollen leg, I also didn't want to go to the emergency room. I don't know how many of you have been to the emergency room or urgent care, and it turned out not to be anything very serious, and then you feel kind of stupid. So I'm like, let's call your primary care doctor first. Let's call the insurance nurse line first. They all came back with the same thing. Go to the emergency room. Sure enough, he had a blood clot in a vein in his calf. We refer to those as a deep vein thrombosis or DVT. DVTs do occur in a lot of elderly people for many reasons. It's important to know about them because they can cause complications. Before I explain what complications they can cause, let me first explain a little bit about what we call the circulatory system. These are your arteries and veins. Your heart has a right side and a left side. The left ventricle pumps out oxygenated blood to all your arteries. Your arteries take that blood to all the cells of your body and give them oxygen and nutrients. The pressure of pumping that blood out is what forces the blood to travel through your arteries. But when it's time for the blood to come back to the right side of your heart, it comes back through your veins or the venous system. Now, veins, they don't really have a way to pump the blood back up. They have some valves that push it up. And if you notice, when you sit for very long, you'll start tapping your feet or moving your arms. Those muscle contractions and the valves will help the blood come back up through the body and goes into the right side of the heart. When the right side of the heart pumps that blood, it goes to the lungs. So that blood doesn't have any oxygen. It goes to the lungs and it picks up oxygen. What happens with a DVT, a clot that's in the vein, is that that clot can break loose, go into the right chamber of the heart, and then get pumped to the lungs, and then blocks blood from getting to the lung and picking up any oxygenated blood. That's called a pulmonary embolus. That is a life-threatening condition. That is why doctors take DVTs very seriously. I remember getting called to a client's house. The family member was complaining to me that the caregivers were not getting the client out of bed. 
When I talked to the caregivers, they said, we don't know what happened, but she doesn't seem to be able to stand anymore. Now, this person had a stroke and so wasn't able to tell us what was wrong. When I came out to see her, I noticed that that right leg was kind of swollen. When you have a DVT, your leg doesn't really turn blue, but it's a little bit paler, maybe a little ashen. What happens with that clot is it blocks the blood from going back up. So therefore, fluid and stuff can pull behind that clot and cause that extremity to swell and become painful. And I said, I think you need to call the doctor and get an ultrasound done, which is a machine that uses sound waves to detect to see if there's clots in the veins. Sure enough, when they did the ultrasound, they found out that she did have a blood clot. They put her on blood thinners and slowly she got better and was able to get up again. Now, when I'd also talk about pulmonary embolism being in a medical emergency, sometimes you don't even have a warning about it. I remember taking care of a client in the hospital. He'd had a surgery. He was doing really well, and we were fixing to discharge him from the ICU. He stood up to go to the bathroom and then passed out. We were not able to get him back because he had thrown a big clot to his lungs and was not able to then get any oxygen from the lung to the rest part of his body. That is why I said again, doctors are very serious about treating DVTs. I'm going to explain a few of the risk factors of DVTs. And there are things that you can do to prevent yourself from developing a clot. Now, my husband's only 56, and I knew they were going to ask the usual questions when we got to the emergency room. Have you been on a long car ride? Have you been on a long plane ride? Have you just been very sedentary? Why is this important? Because when you sit for long periods of time, that venous blood may not get pumped back to the heart, and as it sits there, it can form a clot. None of those things had been true for him. But it is important if you do any of those things or you have a family member doing those things to make sure that they're pumping their legs, standing up and stretching so that they don't develop a clot. The second reason a person can develop a DVT is an injury. Say they break a leg or twist an ankle and they end up immobilized, not able to move. I remember when my son broke his leg. For the first month, they told him to take a baby aspirin. As we all know, Baby aspirin can slightly thin your blood and prevent clots. Surgery is also another risk factor for developing a DVT. It is especially true if you've had something like a joint replacement. A joint replacement puts artificial metal into your body, and your body can form a clot from that. Also, again, if you've had surgery, you have a tendency to not be getting up and doing your normal activity. My father-in-law did develop a blood clot when he had his knee replaced. I even had a cousin who developed a blood clot when she had a C-section from her babies. A fourth risk factor is if you have a family member with a blood clot, there can be some genetic disposition. I knew that his dad had had two blood clots. Now, most of them had been because of a surgery or an injury. And that was really the only risk factor that my husband had. Some people have a clotting disorder that is genetic. And just because you have a genetic clotting disorder doesn't mean that you will develop a clot. But a lot of times if people don't know why you have a clot, they may decide to check for a genetic disorder. If a person then develops those clots, they may put them on some blood thinners. Other risk factors for developing blood clots is some types of cancers and having congestive heart failure. 
Again, the reason with congestive heart failure is your heart just isn't working as well and your feet tend to swell and the bud tends to pull. What does a DVT feel like? Most people describe a DVT feeling like some cramping or soreness, depending on where it's at. Sometimes there's redness or discoloration of the skin. And the skin might feel warmer than other parts of the body or compared to the other leg. And again, like my husband had, his foot was a little bit what we call ashen. It just, it wasn't blue, but it was just slightly gray because there was pooling and swelling of the veins. And if you look at your arm, you'll see that you have veins, which are colored blue or have a bluish tint. That's because the venous blood doesn't have any oxygen. But of course, once you cut yourself, it's exposed to oxygen in the air. So whenever you bleed, it will always look red. That's just some free information there. Again, it's very important to know when someone has developed a blood clot and go to the emergency room. Most of the time, they'll put people on some blood thinners. There's all different kinds now on the market. There's some that prevent platelets from clotting. There's an old form of blood thinners called Coumadin. That one, you have to have your blood drawn every month. So people don't like to use it, but it is a little bit better acting. And sometimes doctors just put people on a baby aspirin. You will have many times after someone's had a heart attack or a mild stroke that they'll take a baby aspirin for maybe the rest of their lives. To prevent DVTs, we want to encourage movement. Even if our loved one is not walking very much, even if they're bed bound, they can pump their legs or we can pump their legs or exercise for them to prevent those blood clots. Some people will wear these tight support hose. We call them TED hose. And what that does is that just keeps the blood from pooling in the veins and gives it that pressure that will help push it back up. Quitting smoking is also something that we can do to prevent DVTs. And the one that's always hardest for Americans is losing weight. Being overweight just puts more pressure on our veins and someone can develop a blood clot. If someone is put on blood thinners, it's very, very important to remember that they can easily bleed from those blood thinners. So they might bruise easier if they run into something. I remember I was asked to go evaluate someone's grandmother and they said, well, she kind of hit her head a little bit on the wall, but nothing really serious. And when I walked in there, what I found was that she was much more confused than usual. Hitting your head and being on blood thinners means that you can develop a slow bleed in your brain. And that's what had happened to this lady. There wasn't really anything that could be done. Because being on the blood thinners probably prolonged her life for the time that she had. It is important to remember if you're on blood thinners and you hit your head that you need to kind of keep an eye on that or get them checked if they've fallen. Usually people on blood thinners who fall, I almost always call the paramedics to let them check them out or take them to the ER and make sure they're not developing a slow bleed in the brain. They need to avoid things like shaving, flossing their teeth, or working with sharp tools. You can use a water pick. You can use an electric razor when shaving, and it's very, very important to wear gloves if you're working with tools. Again, not very many people think about blood clots because it's not something we're educated on. People are always taught, this is a sign of a heart attack, or this is a sign of a stroke. But blood clots can also be very serious. Now, again, as I've talked about, is the deep vein thrombosis. This is blood clots in the vein. If you develop a blood clot in your arteries, Your foot will turn blue. It will become very painful. It is a medical emergency. Don't even drive someone to the emergency room. You just dial your emergency number, your 911, 
and have them taken directly to the emergency room because that means they have to get in there very quickly to dissolve that clot in order to get blood flow to the extremities to preserve, you know, feet or hands or anything where that blood clot would be developing. I hope this has been informational for you. As far as learning about DVTs, I have definitely done a lot more research because of what has happened to my husband, because he didn't have really any risk factors except for a mild family history. They definitely are looking into why did he develop a clot. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The information that I am giving is meant for informational or educational purposes only. They are not meant to replace the advice and consent of a person's primary care doctor or physician. If you wish to send me an email, you can do it at info, I-N-F-O, at symbol, Kathy's Consulting, K-A-T-H-Y-S-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G dot com. Or you can check out my website at kathysconsulting.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for going on this caregiving journey with me.